0: Good morning, I'm Kelvin Thompson from here at UCF Center for Distributed Learning and I'd like to welcome you to Enriching Your Online Course Content, Selecting or Designing Media Elements, part of UCF's faculty seminars and online teaching. Our intention in each of these 30-minute seminars is to provide a brief treatment of a topic relevant to online teaching while connecting our participants to an array of resources for more detailed follow-up. Today's seminar will be successful in our view if you walk away with at least one thing that you can put into action in your online teaching. Uh, I'd like to acknowledge the 10 or so participants we have here with us uh, face-to-face, uh, as well as the uh, nearly 20 folks that we have online synchronously uh, right now, and our on- online participants are in great hands with Beth Nettles as our online facilitator, and Ed Loiko ensuring uh, technical quality. Uh, those of you here um, Face-to-face, you're going to have access to the same things that the the folks online um, have. For instance, I've written down on the whiteboard over here the um, the website where we'll post all of the materials from today's session, including the uh, recording link, the slides, and um, the resource materials that uh, our presenters uh, refer to. The online folks, you'll find those in a web links pod online. Uh, In the feedback form for today's session, Uh, which the online folks have a link to and which the face-to-face folks uh, will have um, a paper version in just a moment or two. Feel free to share any unanswered questions that you have or any relevant ideas or resources that would benefit others, and we will follow up with these after the session. So with no further ado, please join me in welcoming today's speakers, Sue Bauer and Amy Gregory.
1: Great, thank you so much, and I'd like to welcome everybody to both face-to-face and virtually. Calvin uh, has already stated the title of the presentation, so I won't repeat that. Um, but I will go into a slight introduction. You're hearing my voice, Sue Bauer, and for those of you who are seeing me. Uh, I'm an instructional designer here at uh, the Center for Distributed Learning. I've been here for about 13 years, and I have worked with wonderful amounts of faculty. Um, from when technology was just kind of email and attachments to LMSs and Canvas and everything we're using now, And very excited to talk about how media is actually embedded in Canvas. So that's a little new feature that we weren't able to talk about much in the retired system. So that'll be something exciting and new. We also have Dr. Amy Gregory, who I was fortunate enough to work with as she went through IDL last summer in 2012. 20- yeah, last summer in 2012. Um, And her and I kicked off a really great relationship, and what's been beneficial is uh, she's been able to use quite a few of the Center for Distributed Learning's resources, uh, two of those being our uh, graphics department and our video department, so we've asked her to come today and just talk about her expertise as far as working with those two departments. All right, today's agenda or outline, we have quite a bit to cover in quite a short amount of time. Uh, So, as Calvin stated, you are just going to get your fingertips and your toes wet today, and I really promote. that you go online and find that handout that we're going to have linked up there because that's where you're really going to be able to get in depth on a lot of the things that I'm simply just going to touch on. Uh, I'm going to pretty much deliver the first half of our session today and then I'm going to turn it over to Amy and she will deliver that second part talking about working with us here at CDL and also share some of her course examples with us today. All right, so let's kind of define media elements for those of you who... uh, kind of know what they are but want a little clarification. It's basically any electronic audio or visual file. And I put some samples of here, just ones I could brainstorm off the top of my head. I'm sure there's quite a few that you also could add to this list. Uh, One of the newest ones, or the ones that I've seen faculty really start to use in their course, is live video feeds. I don't know, some of you have maybe watched the Bald Eagles from the National Geographic website or uh, I think even next door, they, they're kind of fanatics about kittens, so they watch a live stream of kittens playing all day. Uh, but it, it's just the fact that now live media or live video is just out there, and it's a resource for us as faculty, and in your discipline that might be applicable. So that was just kind of a new one uh, that I thought of when I added it to the list. All right, the first thing I want to talk on is some benefits of incorporating media elements into your course. And again, I could talk probably for five to six weeks, five to six weeks on each of these topics, Uh, but unfortunately we just don't have that time today. So I will touch on them as much as I can, talk to you about the important elements, and then hope that you'll kind of go online and get the rest of the information. So the first one, the benefit for using it, a pro, a plus, however you want to say it is, that you can use graphics or video or media elements in your course to help deliver a specific objective, concept, or goal. Uh, Maybe your textbook has a way of writing it, but it's just never clear to students. And so you've sat there for many years, either on a chalkboard or on a piece of paper, and drawing out exactly what you're doing. Well, go beyond that now and think of the fact that maybe a department like our graphics team could help you with that type of visual. Or maybe it's a hard concept and maybe a video, a short two-minute video that you could explain something or show something to your students that would help clarify something. Uh, So again, just a benefit for clarity. Another benefit for use, some of you I'm sure have heard of Gardner's Theory of Multiple Intelligences, and I'm not sure why my S came off when I created that wordle, but it did, but uh, here's just talking about multiple intelligences, and it's just saying use a variety of ways to deliver a message to your students. Again, I'll go back to that textbook. Some students will get it just reading the text, but some that's just not enough. It doesn't fit their learning style, so you're maybe just doing a simple audio attachment to something where you can explain it a little bit better. Um, again, just thinking of different types of ways, uh, if you're, I know that um, College of Education has a PE course. Well, for the longest time, it was a text-driven PE course. Well, now they have the ability to do short video segments or graphics or just pictures showing students doing different types of positions or fundamentals that may be learned in that course. All right, another benefit of its use, and this is the one I probably want to push the most today, is collaboration with the departments here at UCF. Um, and not just CDL, but all the departments that are here as a resource for you. And I'm going to touch on those later on. Uh, but I just kind of timelined a, a little project. For example, you're an instructor. You have a great idea you want to implement into your class. The first thing I would promote is that you talk to your instructional designer. Have a consultation with them. Now, if you're not an IDL 6543 graduate, that's OK. Brainstorm with another faculty member maybe you have in your, your department. Get with somebody that you can talk about your idea with and let them kind of iron out some of the pros and cons and even, you know, what they think is available to you. And that's what the instructional designer would do. Now, we may or may not go directly to one of our teams. Let's Maybe it's something you want to videotape on your own. Or maybe it's something that we may not have time for in the duration that you need to actually have the media element. So you may get resourced out to, for example, OIR does some video support. They also have great facilities over there um, that you could do some of your own production. So maybe you go over there, you work with them, you work on your own, and then you come back with us, and we can help you maybe with some of that production, editing it, making sure that it's good for the students. So again, maybe this isn't, you know, uh, that lined out of a project, but just keep in mind that we really want to promote that you collaborate with the different departments, FCTL and some of the others I'm going to touch on. All right, considerations of use. Again, these might be some that would stop you, a negative, but we don't want to have you portray it that way. Just think of a consideration, reasons that you may or may not choose to use a media element in your course. Uh, For example, if you use images or anything, you need to make sure that it's accessible to all your students, and that includes students with disabilities. Um, And so these are things you need to keep in mind. If you're going to add images, you have to have alt text. Uh, high contrast color combinations are good, however, you'll notice in the next bullet it says, don't use color to portray meaning. So you can see I kind of did that in the bullet right above, but my point is, is that even if it wasn't color contrasted, the message is still there. So even though I've used that in bullet number two, it's use ways. It just simply states it to the, to the reader, and it also uses that for those that are able to see the colors to show the contrast. Um, <clears throat> Provide synchronous caption for videos. If you're going to do videos, make sure that it's closed caption. Um, I've even had faculty that have taken small YouTube videos or other resource videos out there. Instead of closed captioning them, they take the the time to write a small paragraph that summarizes the video. That the students who actually read the video or watch the video and get the audio would get. Um, And so you just want to make sure that you have those captions attached to it. And then even include a video text transcript. If sure. Away from right. I hope this doesn't do static, but I'm going to try to move it just a, a tad bit closer. All right. Well, hopefully that will help us with some of our audio. Um, considerations. Well, this slide originally started off as a bunch of don't do this, don't do that, don't, 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 don't. So I tried to add a little bit of humor and I changed the slide a little bit. And the first one is right click plus, plus save equals copyright, right? Absolutely not. Back in the day, you kind of felt if you could right click and save the image, that that meant they gave you permission to use the image. And that's just not true. Don't save an image. That is not copyright. Uh, the next one we have, supplemental income. Not. And what I mean by that is, if you're using somebody else's image, don't ever expect to make money off of it. Um, If you've got a PowerPoint that you're using or an image that you're using and you're going and getting paid for that, you really want to make sure that you have copyright permission to use some of those in your course. Another one, paper route. Can I distribute it? Again, copyright permission you need to make sure that you have copyright permission. They don't want you to use an image or a video of theirs and distribute it out to a hundred people and then you never ask permission to use it. Now sometimes if you just use it in your class and you just show the students that one time, that is okay because you're going to that video, you're showing that video, but to actually take that video and actually make it become yours, that's something you really want to take into consideration because that's not copyright. Fair fair use, and the last one—a little dab will do ya. If there's an amazing video out there or audio clip, maybe you can use a small section of it instead of using the full-featured video uh, or picture. Use a small section of it, and that sometimes um, helps you with copyright because you're not taking or using the whole file or image. All right, the last one that I—sorry, second-to-last one—is another consideration for use. Uh, Don't use it just to make your course look pretty. Make sure there's an instructionally sound reason uh, why you're adding these media elements. For example, a lot of our faculty work with our graphics department to get a banner for your course. Well, some may say in their head, well, that's just fluff. That's not helping me deliver my course at all. However, there is an instructional reason behind it. Most of your students are enrolled in more than one or two classes. By giving a look or feel to your course, it helps them identify where they are uh, when they're learning. And so there is instructional reasons for graphics to be added to your course. All right, the last one, Uh, maintenance of third-party media elements or artifacts can be a challenge. How many of you have ever clicked on a link when you're face-to-face in front of your class or opened up a module online, and immediately you get a message from your student saying that it doesn't work, it couldn't be found? Um, And that sometimes is just a challenge when you're you're using these third-party artifacts or elements. Uh, Make sure who you're using is professional, uh, that they've been around for a long time, Uh, Make sure that you create kind of a checklist or some type of way so that you can check those every semester to make sure that they're still there, that they're still working. And have a backup plan. If that video, you click on it in class doesn't work, or if it's not working online, you need to make sure you have a backup plan, either a second video or image that you can use, um, or maybe just an email or a follow-up for them. All right. Let's get into talking about reliable sources. Let's talk about some of the resources we have for you today. Uh, The first one, and again, I highly recommend you go ahead um, and go online and get the handout when it's available because not only does it list these resources, it gives you a short description and then a a web link so that you can actually go out to them and read about what they do and what they can do for you. Um, So the UCF resources that I compiled for us today are we have our CDL graphics and our CDL video teams that work here at the Center for Distributed Learning. We have the Office of Instructional Resources, Faculty Center for Teaching and Learning. Um, How many of you are familiar with the UCF marketing site? Okay, I saw a couple of nods and smiles in here. Uh, They have some PowerPoint templates for you. They have some appropriate Pegasus emblems that you can use. Um, So I've linked to them because they do have graphic and media resources for you that are approved um, for use with us here at UCF. And then the last one is is the UCF Library, and they are a wonderful resource. Again, I've linked to exactly on the library uh, site where they have samples of images that you can use. A lot of them are from historical sources. Um, And now we have, uh, I believe it's three uh, video resources for you that are linked off of one of the video pages. So make sure you go and check those out. I'm going to kind of highlight what we can offer you here with CDL graphics and video. Uh, The first one is with graphics. And these are just some examples of how you may want to use them in your course. Um, Basically, if you think of it or you can dream it, come to us with that concept and let us work with our teams to see if it's something that we can do for you. And again, hopefully Amy can come up here later and just tell you how that experience has worked for her. Uh, The next one is our CDL video team. Uh, They have a green screen, so you can be placed anywhere in the world you want to be. Think of that as as maybe a learning tool. And again, personal introductions, simulations, uh, expert testimonies. A lot of us have wonderful guest speakers that come into our class, but the sustainability to do that every single term sometimes it gets old after the second or third year you keep asking them to come to class. So think about maybe having a short video uh, placed in your course for sustainability that you can use each term where you have proposed questions for this guest speaker. Um, so again, just some different types of ways that you can use us here at, at CDL. Um, all right, this I took right off of the video website, and it talks to you kind of about the production process. Now this is pretty elaborate. Um, this is if it was quite a big project and we had to timeline quite a bit for production. However, some of these are taken for pretty much every single project that we do with our faculty. You usually conceptualize it. We can have a consultation about it. You start the planning process, how it's going to actually go in um, to, I guess, development. Then we get it, you know, recorded, designed, developed and then the actual uh, delivery of it. So again, this is a little bit more elaborate, but it does kind of explain the process. Uh, Canvas tools. This is the one that I talked to you that I was really excited to talk about. Canvas, our learning to management system, uh, has quite a few tools inside the system that can help you use media elements in your course. The first one's pretty simple, Canvas files. You can upload files, whether it's an image or a video, into your course and simply link to it. You also have what's called Canvas Edu apps. Uh, they're kind of like little widgets or like you think of a phone app uh, that you can add into your course. Flickr, YouTube, there's a couple other educational ones that you kind of embed right into the course and then you drag and drop them as you're creating wiki pages. And again, if you go to the resource page, it links out to how you would do that. You can record audio and video. There's actual tools within the LMS that let you do that. If you do have a video, you can add video captioning later. Again, the system would tell you how to do that. Uh, Again, there's an LTI or an app to the Flickr Creative Commons. You can go out to Flickr and search for images. Uh, My little disclaimer for that is we're trusting that the images up there um, have been approved for us to use. But you always really want to do your background check on that or your homework a little bit and make sure uh, that that's an image that's going to be there from one term to the next. And then even the Canvas, Canvas conferencing tool, the big blue button. Uh, Before, that was something that you kind of did live, and it was there, and then that was it. Well, now they have availability that it's recorded for two weeks. So you could have that video recorded as you do it and then have it available to your students for the next two weeks. All right, third-party resources. Again, my disclaimer, just kind of make sure that they're going to be there all the time for you. Um, These are ones that were provided to me by our graphics department and some that the instructional design team uses quite often. And again, on our uh, resource file, we have the names of these, the descriptions of what they are, and the URLs to go out and get them. But these are some of the ones that we've used that have been pretty reliable. Again, Google Images, you can do an advanced search and actually ask for um, pictures that have Creative Commons applied to them. But again, make sure that you do your homework a little bit when you find those. All right, last one is third party video resources. Now, many of you have said, YouTube. Well, it's, it's, it's an angel and a devil, I guess, all at the same time. Uh, there's wonderful videos that are out there, and some of us have been able to use them from one term to the next, and they've worked great. Um, some of us have noticed that they're not reliable, that they're here one semester and gone another. What I found is YouTube also has an educational section, and those videos that link off of there seem to be there a little bit more, like I said, reliably. Um, And you don't have to worry about halfway through the video that it cuts off to something else that you didn't watch the whole video and weren't aware was in there. So I just would recommend YouTube education over just the general YouTube site. Um, MIT has videos, PBS has some great videos, iTunes U here at UCF, and then again, I talked a little bit about live video feeds, so here I have one where if you're really into pandas, I mean, into polar bears, you can watch them all day. All right, now for the wonderful presentation of just about experiential, uh, experientially working with us, we have Jamie Gregory.
2: Thank you, Sue. You're welcome. And not just thanks for the introduction, but for everything that you do. Like Sue said from the beginning, we just hit it off pretty well and started going. And uh, I was excited to try a whole bunch of new things, and Sue reminded me to take it easy and slow down. Um, but over the year and a half now, she's come to me with some ideas of, have you thought about trying this or this would work well in your course? So it really is um, a partnership that works really well. So um, I've got about 10 minutes to go through what I've done here. But, um, but Keith, hang in there, buddy, because here's this is your payoff. Um, all right. So in terms of working with CDL, my perspective is, like the Staples, uh, easy button. That's what it is. If you've got those ideas, you just bring them to this wonderful resource that we have here at the university and they will help you walk through. Um, I really haven't had to wonder could I or how or whatever, but we've talked through what it was that I was trying to accomplish and then they kept me operating within the line. So it's been very, very easy, so I would encourage that communication. Obviously planning, um, and if you can plan a semester in advance even better, as um, many of you know that went through the IDL courses, there's a lot of work, a lot of students that go through that, a lot of work that's pushed on the on these teams during that. But um, if you can get your plan out there in advance and not only start working through what you want, but get yourself on the schedule, they're very good about accomplishing what you need, but it's obviously difficult to do within a tight turnaround. Um, so definitely plan. Meet with your ID and the and the team for that consultation, and this is not just um, something that has to be done, but it's highly recommended for a variety of different reasons. One thing that I that I tell my students is I'm really quite boring because I came up through industry. Uh, I worked with, I was groomed by Citibank, um, which is obviously a very stuffy company. And then I went to work for Marriott and Ritz-Carlton, which is very traditional and stuffy. So I'm not a whole lot of fun, although I try to be. But having the ID, or the graphics designers, or whomever it might be, they take the content that I want and turn it in a different way. So one of the things that Sue mentioned was uh, reaching out to students in different modes, but it's also reaching out to them through different flavors, if you will. So I've encouraged the graphics team to do what they think would be fun, what might be fun for them to draw, what might be fun for them to produce, or whatever it might be, and that gives me some variety in my course that I might not have otherwise had. Uh, But if you meet with the team first and you throw out your ideas of what it is, they may have a better way of doing what you're talking about doing um, or may may be able to uh, streamline you a little bit more. Ideas, samples, and drawings of of what you want. There were lots of times, like Sue mentioned, where I came in with uh, um, an image of what I had drawn on the board, Uh, something that I, again, was writing over and over and over again, and you'll see one of those coming up. And the graphics team just took that and started playing with it and creating created something for me now that I can use not only in my courses but uh, in, other, in other ways as well. This is actually that drawing that they drew. One of the courses that I teach is um, a survey of timeshare, which is a very complex lodging product um, and a very complex business model. So it's not teaching the students about the timeshare experience itself, but it's more about why that lodging product works and why that business model works and why so many companies are involved in it. And it is often talked about in the industry as a three- or four-legged stool. So I would describe that to the students a lot of times just verbally, and I might try to draw it on the board, and I'm not a good uh, drawer, as they will tell you. Um, So I brought this to the graphics team and said I do this every single time. And not only do I do it, but the other professors that teach it do it. Um, And we're not doing a very good job. So they created this image for us. And the image actually is dynamic in that the one leg in the back there that looks a little lighter in color, it fades in and out uh, because it's a fourth newer component that not all of the uh, businesses in the industry are utilizing. So that allows me to have um, uh, some flexibility with that as well. Sue mentioned the banners. I use the banners. We have multiple sections of this um, Principles of Timeshare class. I'm responsible for the content within that course and keeping it live, but we have adjunct professors, full-time faculty, and PhD students that teach the course. So we developed a banner so that regardless of what section the student is in, they're all getting the same view, um, and we share a lot of the same content, and in many cases have exactly the same content in that course too. So the banners allow for that consistency, and then the flow and professionalism. A lot of my banners look the same, so my students have that level of familiarity in my online uh, content as well as they do in the face-to-face components of it. Here are some examples of um, some sketches that I did. I had this uh, epiphany one day when I was trying to think about how can I get my students more engaged in the in the coursework in the class. My, stu- my children were sitting at the breakfast table eating cinnamon toast crunch. They can have cereal once a week. Um, <laughs> they were having cinnamon toast crunch, and they were engaged, completely engaged, in the back of a cereal box, which had an old picture of, or that old game of what's different between the two pictures. And they were so uh, involved in it, and immediately what came to my mind was this whole idea of Bloom's Taxonomy and moving people through higher levels of, of cognitive learning. So when I pulled the box away and I asked my son how many or um, what were the differences in the donuts and he says do you want to know the donuts that were on the second level or the third level mom because there were three on the second and four on the fourth. And I thought wow he went an extra step further. So I thought how can I bring that fun thing into my class. So what you see here are two different although there are three images there are two different end results, the one in black on top and the one in blue on the bottom. Um, To the left, what you see is how the sketch originally started. What I did was I talked about this idea with Sue, and is it something that we could get the graphics team to do? And um, she said, sure, sounds like fun. I don't think we've ever done that before, so let's go talk to them. So we went over and chatted, and I explained what I had just explained to you. And I said, what I'm trying to do is get the students interested in an image that's a little bit different, not just straight out of a textbook. But within each of those images, I have probably 40 or 50 points that could be discussion points with the students. And we talk about what's wrong with this picture or even better, what's right with this picture. So in the one on the top, this is both of these are used in my resort sales course. The one on the top is the sales presentation. And there are many things that happen before the sales call um, and then after the sales call. And so what we do is we, um, I wrote up, a, and, um, a description of what I wanted this to look like. So I talked about how the person at the uh, desk was dressed, how the person that was approaching the desk was dressed, how the people sitting along the wall were dressed, whether there were elevators or not. The time on the clock has significance in this case. What's in uh, the gentleman's briefcase has significance. Um, so we started from this draft uh, sketch, and then we um, ended up, with the final that you see there on the top right. The one on the bottom is um, talking about telephone sales and and issues there. So it's a way for me not to just put up a PowerPoint, PowerPoint, but I provide the students with an outline, and we discuss uh, the issues that are here. So it's a little bit more fun and interactive, and the students seem to enjoy it. Video. Uh, I've done quite a bit of video, actually so much that Calvin asked me if I would downplay it during this presentation. Again, trying to engage the students. Uh, one of the great things about Rosen College where we're located is we're right in the heart of hospitality. And the industry is very interested in our students for a lot of different reasons. Not just interested in hiring them, but they're also interested in, to, in contributing to what they're learning. So, um, again, within this timeshare education vein, I had... Um, had this idea that it would be great if each one of our modules was not introduced by me, saying, this is Dr. Gregory, and now we're going to talk about resort development, here are the things that you needed to know. But rather, we enlisted professionals from throughout the industry, either to come onto campus or us to go out to them in their resorts or their corporate office environments. And they gave us a three to four or five minute video blurb about why the students should be interested in this particular component or module. Uh, things that they should know about that in advance, some of the current issues, and then some resources that they could utilize to learn a little bit further. That's been so successful that both on the student side uh, as well as my side, we see the engagement in the class has really gone up um, in all the sections, not just my own. So the students really like that real component of it. So much so that the dean now has asked that our food service uh, group do the same thing. So they're actually going to follow, Sue and I were talking about this earlier, follow how orange juice comes from the tree or the grove through the production and then uh, all the way to the restaurant facility. So they'll work that through with Cisco Corporation and all that. So. I put up here my website. It's easiest for me if I can consolidate all of my things into one common area. And I, um, I use the videos for a lot of different courses. So I would encourage you, we don't have time today, but I would encourage you to look at that timeshareeducation.org. There's a videos page there. You can see all the different videos that we've done, the introductory modules, as well as others that we use to promote opportunities for the student or generate more interest in, in timeshare education on our campus. Look at that, 11 (laughs) o'clock. Keith, I hope that gave you and the others some good ideas about what you can do. Uh, Obviously, the contact information is there for both Sue and I. I would say I'm certainly not an expert, but I like to try new things. And if you see anything that I've done and you've got some input or a twist on it, I'd love to hear that too.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks very much, Amy and Sue. Um, Before those of you face-to-face go, and those of you (laughs) online go, please do complete the session feedback form. Those of you face-to-face should have a a paper copy. If not, raise your hand. Somebody will pass one around to you. Those of you online should see the the link to the feedback form, as this will give us uh, good ideas for continuing to improve each of the seminars that we do each semester. And again, if you have unanswered questions or ideas that you wish to share or you want some follow-up on, put that on the feedback form. And we will facilitate that uh, with our presenters and, and get word back out to those of you who are registered for today's session. And uh, also please let me again direct your attention to the session webpage containing the numerous resources that, that Sue and Amy alluded to today uh, and others. I'll put in a free plug. My kind of my favorite value add on top of YouTube is some of you are familiar with the TED Talks. Uh, the TED Talk site actually has an education section. If you go to ed.ted.com, E-D, it's really, you got to explore. It's really cool stuff. I don't have time to tell you about it. Um, I can add it to the resource. There you go. And um, everybody who's registered for today's session will get a, a follow-up email containing the, the, the relevant links, um, but we've put them uh, face-to-face here and online as well. And uh, look for future seminars and coming semesters, and again, if you have ideas for topics you'd like us to address, please include those in the session feedback form, and if you're interested in sharing something that you're particularly good at. We'd love to hear from you. Put that on the feedback form as well. Also, if you're face-to-face and you haven't filled in the sign-in sheet, please do that. Uh, Those of you online, we've already got a record of your attendance. So thank you for participating and have a great day.